Thank you, Lord. Well, man, it's, it's good to be here again. Amen. Hey, if you, if you would help me out, um, maybe you, if you're watching a line or if you're in here, if you just take a second and uh, pull up your, if you have Facebook or somewhere you can share this, I think some people need to hear this word this morning. Would you do that for me? And um, I've got something that the Lord's laid on my heart for you. You know, I, I'm going to repeat myself a little bit. Um, if you were here Wednesday or if maybe you got the newsletter and stuff, I, I want to say some some things because I've just had this in my heart in this in this season that we've been in. Before we came into this whole crazy time period, um, which seems like a hundred years ago, doesn't it? Uh, it's been a while. But before we came into this, I, I was seeking the Lord. I said, Lord, what's the direction? What's the vision that you have for us in this time? And I really felt the Lord say, abundant life, abundant life and supernatural power. That's what we need to hear. And so I've been, I've been um, faithful to that. I've been preaching that. And when this whole thing happened, you know, it can be tempting to back off and get into, you know, things that are going on around us and start talking about social issues and all these different things. But I've just felt the Lord confirming this over and over in my spirit especially recently, that we need this message, abundant life. We need to be living in abundant life. The Lord told me, I picked up a, a book. It was a, a book someone had given me years ago. Um, in fact, it, it um, well, I won't say who. It was somebody in the church that passed away and their, their wife gave me the book years ago and I had it sitting in my office. I never, I never picked it up, but I, it, was, um, it was an Oral Roberts book. This was months ago. I picked it up. And I started reading. I'd, I'd never really read anything by him, I'll just be honest. I hadn't picked up anything. I hadn't listened to him. I, I knew his name. That was it. And I started reading, and immediately the Lord spoke to me. He said, See, he said you, need to, you need to find everything this guy wrote and, and read it as much, read as, much as you can. And um, so I've been searching on eBay because <laughs> it's hard to find his books. But I've been, I've been, uh, I found a few of his books, and I've been reading them, and I found his message over, I didn't know this going into it, over and over and over, his message was abundant life. I felt like the Lord is just confirming that to my spirit, that we need the abundant life, because listen, it doesn't matter what's happening in the world. The thief comes, John 10, 10, the thief comes to rob, or to, to steal, kill, and destroy, and you see the thief coming, don't you? The thief has come in our society. The thief is stealing from people, stealing. He's bringing confusion. He's bringing division. He's bringing all kinds of madness in this world. But in the midst of the chaos, Jesus said, I've come so you can have life and life more abundant. Come on. Listen, that's what Jesus had for him. What he has for you hasn't changed. Now, listen, again, it doesn't mean that we don't care about things going on. We care about the people in this world, we care about these things and we're touched by these things. But listen, that what, what's happening doesn't change this word. In fact, you need this word more than ever because you're not going to, listen, you're not going to make it if you get caught up in the craziness, if you get caught up in the, the virus, you're afraid to do anything. Listen, this word is still true. Come on. Our protection our provision, our health, our future is not dependent on what this world is doing. I remember is several years ago, I had a guy come to my house. He was doing some work and he's looking around. He's like, how many kids you got? And at that time I had like three kids, I think. I said, I got three kids. And he, he almost fell over then. I don't know what he'd do now. And he said, I, he said, I, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you, would, you could bring a kid into this world with all the craziness going on, all the things that are happening. He said, I, I don't have the I don't have the courage to bring a child. It's because you're looking at the wrong source. You're looking at the wrong thing. It is a scary place when you don't have this word. But listen, so I want to kind of redouble my efforts. I want to get us into this thing, abundant living. Because I feel like that's where we got to go in this season. That's where we got to go in this hour. We got to be showing the world how we're supposed to live. We need to be the models of what it means, like, what it means to be a Christian what it means to be living the life that Jesus came to give us. We'd solve a lot of problems that way, wouldn't we? I want you, I'm going to start here this morning. I want you to go to Luke chapter 4. 
And while you're turning there, I'll, I'll, let me say this. I think it'll make sense in a second. My kids came to me the other day. I was, I was in the kitchen doing something. They came in and said, we, we want some popcorn, Deb. I said, I can make you some popcorn. I know how to make popcorn. I'm a fantastic chef. I pulled out the bag. I opened it. I put it in the microwave. I can make all kinds of stuff in there. And I put it in the microwave, and I'm looking at that thing. And I got a dilemma. How many minutes, right? Because I, I have this problem. I don't know if you have this problem. I, I, I put it in too long, or I put it in too short. I don't, there's, there's a fine balance there for cooking popcorn, you know? So I'm thinking about how many minutes I want to set the thing for. And one of my kids knows everything. Do you, do you have a child like that? Maybe all children to some degree. They know everything. And this, my, my 10-year-old girl looks at me. She's like, Dad, just push the popcorn button. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. We've had, we've had that microwave for six years. I didn't know there was a popcorn button. <laughs> I'd never seen it before. My wife can tell you there's stuff around the house. I've never, I'm like, where'd that come from? No, that's been there for years. I've never seen it before. You know, I, I, I didn't know there was a popcorn button. So I said, oh yeah, well, you know, I guess we could take the easy route here and push the popcorn button. Let me, let me push the popcorn button. I'm looking, there are so many buttons on those things. I felt like the old man not knowing how to use the technology, right? And my kids like push the thing. So I'm standing there. I'm like, y'all push the popcorn button. I'm reading all the buttons. There's too many buttons to take in. I'm looking. She's like, it's right there. It's the top one. It's the first one. I said, oh, I didn't look at that one. I pushed the popcorn button, and that's fine. And you, you laugh at me, but you know, that's how a lot of people treat their Bibles. It's in their house. I could tell them what's in there, but they, they didn't know because they never looked at it. Wait, you mean that's in there? Wait, that's, that's for me? I can have that? It's right there. You see what I'm saying? And Jesus, in, Mark, in Luke chapter 4, he starts off his ministry with this moment where he stands up in the synagogue and he reads Luke chapter 4, verse 18. He reads from Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord is on me. You know the scripture. He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Why is he sent to preach good news to the poor? Well, here's the good news for the poor. You don't gotta be poor anymore. That's why he was sent to preach it to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom to the captives. You don't gotta be a captive anymore. Recovery of sight to the blind, to free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's, say it with me, Favor. I want to talk about favor a little bit more today. But he continued there. There was, you can read through this later. And he makes this statement. Look at verse 25 now. He goes into this whole thing that really gets him in trouble. He says, No prophet is accepted in his hometown. I say to you, there were certainly many widows in Israel in Elijah's day. When the sky was shut for three years and six months and a great famine was on the land, but Elijah wasn't sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath and Sidon. And then he brings up a thing about Elisha. He says, in Elisha's times, there was many who had serious skin disease. None of them were healed. Only Naaman the Syrian. And they get so mad, they want to kill him. It's his very first sermon, and they tried to kill him. They tried to throw him off of a cliff. Read it. What did he say that was so bad? Here's what he told them. He said, go back again. All the stuff he said, the spirit of the Lord's on me. He sent me to proclaim all this. And he goes through the list. And then he says, but some of y'all aren't going to get it. Because you're like Elijah. There was a bunch of widows in his time who needed provision. They had the covenant, but they didn't partake in the covenant. There was many who needed healing in Elisha's time. They had the covenant, but they didn't partake in the covenant. Only Naaman, the Syrian, of foreigners. Foreigners got it, but the people of the covenant didn't get it. Why? Because they didn't know it was in there. They didn't know it was for them. Listen, that's a lot of the church. I didn't know this was for me. I want to tell you what's for you today. 
He's for you. This word's for you. We're going to talk about this now. But listen, God's got things for you. You've, you've been made, you know, you've been made an heir. Somebody died and left you something. And a lot of people are walking around like they don't even know. I didn't, I didn't know I have that. No, it's been left in your name. When Jesus died, he made you an heir. It says you become a joint heir with Christ. You become an heir of the kingdom of God. But most people act like they don't even know what. They don't know what's for them. Listen, I want to tell you what's for you today. I look at this just for a second because I, I just, I love this story with Elijah. And I'm going somewhere, but Elijah, it says, it says, it talks about the widow that provided for him. I want you to go over there for a second to 1 Kings chapter 17. And look at this story just for a second. It says in verse 8, the Lord came to him, go to Zarephath and stay there because I've commanded a woman who's a widow to provide for you. Do you know when he got there, he asked the widow for some food. And do you know she didn't want to give it to him? But the Lord commanded her to do it. But she didn't know the Lord was speaking to her. That's like a lot of people, isn't it? I didn't know the Lord was speaking to me. But look at what happens. I love this story. Elijah said, hey, go, go, get me, go fix me a little food. And she said, Lord, oh, come on now. I can't go fix you some food. I'm just, uh, here's what I'm doing. I'm just going to get a couple of sticks so I can start a fire and, and fix the little bit of food I have so my son and I can eat it and die. That's depressing, isn't it? I'm just going to go home and eat my last meal and die because that's all she had. And there was a famine. Of course, the, Elijah, by the word of God, started the famine because he shut up the heaven. But he says, no, go, here's what he tells her to do. Okay, fine. But first, go home and fix me a meal. And then you can go fix you some for you and your kid. That's a pretty bold statement. How would you like that if somebody said to you, and you're like, look, I, I got just enough. I got just enough for my son and I to eat, and then we're going to die. Well, that, first go fix me some. That sounds very rude, doesn't it? But listen, she went and did it. She went and did it because when the Lord had spoken to her, faith came up in her. See, the Lord had commanded her. She didn't recognize it, but something came, because a lot of people, you know what they would have done when a, some, somebody comes to and says, go fix me some food, and you don't have any. You know what you'd say? You go find somebody else to fix your food, Jack. I'm not fixing you anything. And you know what I mean? You get kind of, you get kind of upset at that. But something came up in her that said, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And, and he says, here's the word of the Lord. What you have, the flour, it won't become empty. Your oil won't run out until the day the Lord sends rain. Something came up in her that believed that word. And so she went home, and now listen, she had to go home and fix his meal first. Why did she have to do that? Because she had to sow. I've been, I've been speaking to you about something, sowing and reaping. Nothing comes to you unless you sow. Nothing will come, you, you don't have to agree with me, it's the word of God. Nothing will come into your life unless you sow. Oh, but I don't have no, I don't have to. God looks at the intention of my heart. You better get your heart right and start sowing if you want to reap something. I'm not taking the offering, but listen, I, we got to get connected to this because I've been talking to you about abundant life. We got to get off the world system. How do we get off the world system? Get on God's system. So you sow. If you sow, what's going to happen? You're going to reap. She had to sow. If she wouldn't have sowed her meal, she wouldn't have had any. She wouldn't have had enough. That's exactly how giving give works. When you give, it shall be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men pour into your, into your laps. Listen, she had to sow it so she could have enough. So she sowed her last meal, and what she had didn't run out. Now, Elijah had something. He had 
the anointing on him. He had the favor on him. So when Jesus said, look, a lot of people in Israel needed provision, Elijah didn't, didn't worry that he was sent to a different place because he took the favor of God wherever he went. You take the favor of God wherever you go. I, I, gotta, I gotta get on this. Give me a minute. See, but the people in Israel had forgotten about the promise. That's why David says in Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You gotta remind yourself, don't forget his benefits. Do you know there's benefits to serving the Lord? There's a benefit to serving the Lord. Listen to me. Some people have forgotten there's a benefit. They get, here's what it is. They get into a religious mindset. Religion wants you to serve with no benefits. That's what religion wants to keep you captive. So it wants you to work and work and work and never see any, any benefit. But there's a benefit to serving the Lord. Hebrews chapter 11, verse six. Have you got that one? Look at what this says. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He says, you got to do two things. If you're going to have faith and please God, you got to do two things. You got to believe that he exists. And a lot of people stop right there. Okay, I believe in God. Well, great. You did as much as the demons. The demons believe there's a God and they tremble at the thought. You got as much faith as a demon. You got to go step further. If you want to please God, you can't just believe he exists. What's the next part? And believe that he rewards those who seek him. He's a rewarder. There's a, there's a benefit to serving God. He lists some of the benefits in Psalm 103. He forgives all my sin. All my sins are forgiven. He goes, he goes through the list. He talks about, he talks about even, and I mentioned this on Wednesday, he renews my youth like the eagles. Anybody want their youth renewed? There's a benefit to serving God. Stop acting. Listen, you got to stop, stop thinking like the world and start thinking like God. The world's not going to come in with you on this. They're not going to come in and agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. There's a benefit to you. What's your, no, no, no. They're not going to come in with you on this. This is spiritually discerned things that are for spiritual people. But if you can believe this word, it's yours. There's a benefit to serving God. Listen, nobody, nobody in Israel in Elijah's time had what that widow had. Nobody had the provision, even though it was part of their covenant. Nobody in Elisha's time had the healing, even though it was part of their covenant. You have something that's been left to you. And what the danger is, is a lot of the church doesn't step into what has been done for them because they've forgotten the benefits. And so I want to tell you today, see, look, that's how it was with, with um, last week I spoke about Joseph. That's how it was with Joseph. Joseph had the favor of God on him even though his rotten scoundrel brothers were part of the same family, part of that same blessing family, didn't, they didn't live in the blessing. But Joseph did. Daniel, I want to speak about Daniel today. But Daniel had the favor of God on him when the whole nation was bound in, in slavery in Babylon and struggling to get by, Daniel was, was walking in favor. I want to teach you today. I want to speak to you how you can walk in the favor of God, no matter what's going on around you, because he has called you to live the abundant life, but it's going to require some faith on your part. Are you with me? I want you to flip over to John chapter one, verse 16 for just a second. I read this at the beginning of service, but I know some weren't here. Let me just repeat it. John one, verse 16. We have all received grace after grace from his fullness. Say grace. What's grace mean? Part of the definition of grace we spoke about last week is favor. So I'm going to keep going with this thing. John 1:16. Look at it in the Amplified Bible. Let me read it to you. We have all received grace upon grace for out of his fullness or his abundance, we have received one grace after another spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, even favor upon favor and gift heaped upon gift, gift heaped upon gift. That's a hard thing to say. We've all received from his abundance of grace. We've all received grace. 
He's got more than enough for you, and it's time for us to walk in it. Are you with me? I want to speak to you about Daniel this morning. And now if you would go there for just a few minutes to the book of Daniel. And Daniel was a, was a man who lived in a kind of a, a difficult time. Maybe you can relate to that. He lived in an, a unique time. I feel like we're in a unique season. We're in a strange season in the world and it feels like, it feels like the end of times, doesn't it? It feels like we're coming up to the grand finale. My wife said somebody, somebody said they, we skipped the murder hordens. Apparently there were murder, murder hordens out there too, but we didn't get those. But there's some crazy things happening in the world. In Daniel chapter 1, verse 9, it says that God granted Daniel favor and compassion. He gave him favor in Babylon. When Daniel was living in Israel, he was a relative of the king. He lived in the king's court. And when Babylon came in, they attacked, they destroyed Jerusalem. They carried Daniel and the other people with him, some of them to Babylon, the ones they didn't kill or make slaves. They carried them to Babylon to make them indoctrinated in the ways of Babylon. The world always wants you to get thinking like they think. They always want you to get get into what they're into. That's why the world, they want you watching what they watch, listening to what they listen to, thinking what they think, gets you in sync with the world. That's what they wanted to do to Daniel. They wanted to get him into Babylon so he could think the way everybody else thinks. And there he is, and it must have been a, a strange thing for him to come into that city. It was a huge city. The walls were 300 feet uh, high. You can imagine that three, I guess, I don't know how many stories high. That is 300 feet high, 80 feet, 80 feet thick. The wall was 60 miles around. It was a huge, imposing city. Well, during his time, Nebuchadnezzar built the famous hanging gardens that became one of the wonders of the world. It was an impressive, imposing city, but it was an idol-worshiping city. It was built around the tower. You remember the Tower of Babylon, Tower of Babel? was built around that tower, that famous rebellious tower. And it was an idol worshiping tower is what the purpose of that was. It was meant as a, as a temple or a, a place of worship to a God called Maruk or Bel. Daniel was given a new name, Belteshazzar, after the God Bel. See, they wanted to get him thinking like the world. They wanted to get him thinking like Babylon. The world wants you thinking like them, but here's Daniel and his friends in that city, in that environment, and what do they do? They made, they made a decision. We're not gonna bow to what these people bow to. We're not gonna eat what they eat. We're not gonna do what they do. We're not gonna live like they live. Listen, if you act just like the world, you're gonna get the world's results. We got to start getting this into our spirits. We're going to get exactly what the world gets if we don't change our thinking and change our behavior. So Daniel's in that city and he says, I, I refuse to bow. I refuse to do what they do. They had their, their food. They wanted them prepped to come into the presence of the king. And so they were going to feed these guys everything that, the, that they were eating, which was food that had been sacrificed to idols and all these things. He said, I refuse to do it. And so he and his friends asked for permission not to eat the king's food. The guy was scared. He said, I don't want to do that. I don't want to get in trouble with the king. And they said, no, you won't get in trouble because you come test us. Listen to the faith that came out of their mouths. You come test us and see after 10 days if we don't look better than everybody else. That's a bold statement. You feed us nothing but broccoli and come check and see if we don't look stronger, if we don't look better, and even the, the translation here says, fatter of flesh. How do you get fat eating broccoli? You can't do it. But it's a faith statement. You come check and see. You feed us vegetables and you check. These guys that are eating the, the good stuff, you come check and see if we're not better. And so that's what they did. Now listen, they sowed obedience. Your act of faith is an act of sowing. You sow your faith. 
you put it in the ground and it will grow and produce something. So in a time of trouble, Daniel decides, I'm gonna trust the Lord. What did, I, what did I just tell you? Psalm 103. He'll renew your youth like the eagles. Listen, if you trust him, he'll take care of this body. If you do, now you got to do things right. I'm not telling you can sit down and eat nachos and, and watch TV all day and have, a, have you know, the body of ooh, the, the rock or something. I don't even know who, a, a wrestler. You can't have that. You got to, you got to, you got to do right, but if you'll do right and so, and say, Lord, I'm believing your word, I'm going to stand upon your word for my body, for my health. There's benefits to serving God. As you sow, the favor of God gets on you. Come on. So look what happens. At verse 15, at the end of 10 days, they look better and healthier than all the young men who were eating the king's food. So the guard continued to remove their food and wine, and they got to drink water and vegetables. Congratulations, guys. But they sowed. You sow. You got to sow something. Look at verse 17. God gave these four young men knowledge and understanding. Listen, the favor of God was on them. Are you with me? Because of their obedience, the favor of God was on them. And it says, God gave these four guys knowledge and understanding. Favor will bring things to you. Do you remember that from last week? I'm, you got to go back and listen to it if you missed it. I'm trying to build on it. God will, the favor of God will bring things into your life. Because they sowed obedience, they reaped favor. The favor of God brought them knowledge and understanding and things that they really shouldn't have been able to understand. Things that were maybe beyond them. Things that they'd never studied, they understood. You get what I'm saying? They, they understood how things worked without ever studying. How would you like to have that in school? Some of you have a gift for just guessing the right answers on your test. I don't know. Without ever studying, they had the understanding. Daniel understood visions and dreams of every kind. He didn't take a class on how to, how to study dreams, how to interpret dreams. God gave him understanding for everything that he needed because the favor will do that to you. Listen, God didn't wanna just do that for Daniel and his friends. He wanted to do it for the nation. God wanted to make a nation of kings and priests. He wants to do it for you, and he doesn't just wanna do it for you, he wants to do it for all of you. He wants to do it for all of us. Listen, he calls us a royal priesthood, a holy nation. He wants to make a people that will be a, a nation of kings and priests. Listen, I, I realized this one day. Jesus is called the king of kings. Who's the kings he's kings of? He's king of. We're the kings. Hey, he's not a king of paupers. He's not a king of, rug, I don't know, some kind of dirty, you know, whatever. He's, he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So that makes you a king. Are you with me? He expects you to act like it. He expects you to think like it. He expects you to talk like it. Listen, I was thinking about this. I don't know much about British royalty because I'm American and I don't care. Um, but I imagine if the queen is walking around her palace and she sees something she doesn't like, she's gonna do that. And people are gonna fix it and take care of it. If she sees something out of whack, she's gonna use her authority to fix it. If she's walking around the streets of London, or wherever she, I know, I know she's in London, because I saw her palace one time, and it's big, but I know she's somewhere else too. Wherever she is, if she sees her something in her kingdom, she doesn't like, she's gonna say, fix that. That's, that's crooked, fix that. She'll use her authority and fix it. You start using your authority. You start using the authority he's given you. When you see something in your world that's out of whack, in the name of Jesus, you straighten up. Devil, you get out of here. You don't belong here. I've got authority over you. I can trample on serpents and scorpions. You don't have any business in my community. You get out of here in the name of Jesus. You start fixing things. You with me? Listen, 
I bet you if the queen goes out for a stroll, nobody is going to mug her. Nobody is going to come steal her purse because she walks around with a security detail, I'm sure. And if somebody comes up to her, they're on that guy. Nobody's touching her. Listen, you are royalty. You don't go anywhere without a security detail. You've got angels surrounding you. Stop letting the devil run over you. You start taking authority over him. He's got no business in your life. He's not got no business in your family. He's got no business in your home. Get out in the name of Jesus. See, look, you've got, you've got more than you know. We just gotta, we just gotta start stepping into it. Come on. We gotta start living like we believe this. So Daniel, his favor gave him knowledge and understanding. Verse 20, in every matter of wisdom and understanding the king consulted them about, he found them 10 times better than the diviner priest and mediums in his whole kingdom. You can be 10 times better than other people doing the same job. Hey, we need people functioning in this in every part of society. God's called you to step up and start trusting him, start living in the favor of God no matter what you're doing. You can be a plumber and be 10 times better than the other plumbers. You can be a tree guy and be 10 times better than the tree guy, other tree guy. I need, I need a good tree guy. I've had, I had a tree guy come and he dropped the fence, a tree on my fence. I'm like, hi, I paid you for this. Another guy came, I built this beautiful fireplace in my backyard out of rocks that I dug up. I dug up rocks all over my yard all summer last year. Built this beautiful fireplace. A tree guy come, he smashed it. I need a, we need some people functioning in what God's called them to do. I'm not mad. I forgive. I got a discount though, praise the Lord. Yeah. Um, Chapter two, look at this. The king had a dream and it troubled him. He didn't know what to do, but Daniel knew, Daniel knew what to do. You have the answer for every problem in this world. You've got, there shouldn't be a problem that you don't have an answer for. Because if you don't know, listen, if you, if you don't know, you just go to the one who knows. Somebody gave me a scripture this morning, Proverbs chapter three. I was gonna read this to you. I wanna read it, go ahead. I wanna read that whole thing. I think I gave you verse one. Yeah, let's just read this. My son, don't forget my teaching. Let your heart keep my commands. Go to the next one. For they'll bring you many days. They'll give you a long, full life and well-being if you keep the commands of the Lord. Never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you. Tie them around your neck. That's pretty serious, okay? Write them on the tablet of your heart because then you're going to find what? You're, you want to find favor. Keep his word. Get in his word. Keep his word. Go back. I think I missed part of it. You'll find favor and high regard in the sight of who? God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will do what? He's going to guide. He's going to direct your path. Make your path, whatever I said, straight. Don't consider yourself to be wise. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. Go to the next one. This will be healing for your body. You need healing in your body. You need strength in your bones. Do what this word says. When you let the Lord lead you and guide you, he'll direct your path. See, that's the problem. Sometimes we're not letting him lead us and guide us. We're getting off to where we think we should go, what we think we should. This seems good. I'll try this. God didn't say, you go ahead and try what's, what you think is good. He said, acknowledge me in all your ways and I'll direct your path. That's how you're supposed to act. I read a story about Marlon Brando, you know, the actor. They said when he was young, he's dead now, isn't he, right? Yeah, when he was young, he, he, they took him to kindergarten and he was so late every day because he would wander. 
just wandering here and wandering there, and they couldn't get him to class, so his sister put a leash on him and started walking him to school with a leash. Some of us need some leashes with the Holy Spirit to guide us. You're not supposed to wander through life. I'm not sure what I'm doing. I'll swing this way, I'll swing that way. You're supposed to be led by the Spirit's. Be led by the Spirit. And whatever the situation is, you'll know what to do. That's what Daniel did. He knew what to do. God gave him the answer. Look at verse 47 of chapter 2. The king said to Daniel, this is after Daniel interpreted his dream. He told him what his dream was, and he interpreted it for him. And he said to the king said, your God is indeed the God of gods. And the Lord of Lord, look, I, don't, I don't know, I'm putting stuff in there. Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries since you were able to reveal this mystery. Look at what it says, verse 48. Then the king promoted Daniel and gave him many generous gifts. He made him ruler over all of Babylon, over the chief, the chief governor of the wise men. At Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which Pastor Kim preached about recently to manage Babylon. So here's Daniel. He's, he's serving under a guy who is basically the modern-day equivalent of the, key, the, the president of Russia or the, the leader of South Korea, North Korea, is it North Korea? He's basically serving under this evil, terrible tyrant, and yet what does he find? The favor of God's on him. The, the favor of God is not dependent on what our world is doing. It's not dependent on who's in the White House. It's not dependent on, on what's happening in society. It's not dependent on, you know, if, if, if the world's collapsing. It doesn't matter. The favor of God's on you. The favor of God will be on you. But listen, you got to start walking in this. You got to start believing this. You got to start declaring it with your mouth. The favor of God's on me. I've been, I've been speaking this over my life and over you, but you got to start speaking it over you too. The favor of God's on me. I had somebody send me a, a testimony this week. They said, they, they sent me a picture of their bill. They had to get a new transmission put in their car. It cost them $100. And they said, that was the favor of God. And I, I want to tell you, listen, some of you during this season, somebody said to me, we need some testimonies like Ron shared this morning, what God's been doing in this season, but some of you have some testimonies how God's been working in this season. Let us know about it. We want to hear about it. We want to rejoice with you. But in this season, God's doing stuff in your life that that in the in the natural you'd say there's no way. How can you how can you have this when this is going on? It's because of the favor of God. God's doing it. So Daniel got promoted by Nebuchadnezzar. It doesn't matter who your boss is. It doesn't matter how bad your boss is. He's not Nebuchadnezzar. You can get promoted. You with me? No matter what's going on, you can get promoted because it, it doesn't matter who your boss is. What matters is the favor of God is on you. God's the one giving you everything you need. It's part of your benefit package. When you're doing what God's called you to do, the people around you are gonna, are gonna be seeing God in your life and be drawn to that. They're going to be drawn to God. I shared this with you a few weeks ago, I think, but I just, I want to say it again. We were in Colombia several years ago and this, we were doing an outside open air service and this woman came with a child that couldn't walk properly. And it was really a, a horrible thing for her to try to walk. It was painful and it was slow. And it was just one of these, I don't know what the, the issue was, but she brought her up there God healed her instantly. The child could run, was running around. That woman came up on the stage and she said, now with tears in her eyes, now I know God's real. I'll never forget that. Now I know God's real. The, the miracle working, supernatural power of God was at work. And when people saw that, we didn't have to argue with her. We didn't have to tell her God's real. We didn't have to try to convince her. She was convinced because there was a demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Listen, when you start walking in favor and God starts demonstrating through you to the world that he's real, when you start seeing the favor of God on your life, when everybody else is struggling, trying to get by, it's a, it's a message to the world, God's for real. Well, I believe what I'm saying. I'm seeing it in my life. Are, do you know what I'm talking about this morning? Okay. Come on. 
I didn't mean to shout, I'm sorry. Chapter six, let me, let me wrap this thing up here, land this plane. Daniel is blessed over and over and over. You see the favor of God on him. In chapter six, the devil tries to stop him. Listen, when the favor of God's on you, you become a target because the devil knows if you start operating in the favor of God in your workplace, it's gonna change your workplace to be like the kingdom of God. If you start operating in the favor of God in your community, it's gonna change your community to look like the kingdom of God. When you start operating in favor, you become a target because the devil wants to stop that. And so he came against Daniel, who at this time, most scholars believe he was in his 80s, maybe even 90 years old. And he's just getting started. And Daniel, it says in verse three, distinguished himself above all the other administrators and a satrap, whatever that is, he was better than all the satraps because he had, I'm teasing, I don't know what that word is. I know it's somebody important because he had an extraordinary spirit. You've got, listen, if what made him, what made him different? What made him better? It wasn't, it wasn't how good he looked. It wasn't that he was a kiss up. It wasn't that he was doing, you know what he, you know what he was? He had the favor of God on him. It was his extraordinary spirit. The king recognized, some ungodly king recognized there's something different about this guy's spirit. There's something different about you and it's not on the outside, it's on the inside. It's who's on the inside that counts. And so Daniel gets promoted. He gets put over the whole kingdom over ungodly Babylon. Now listen, God put Joseph over ungodly Egypt, the idol-worshiping demonic nation. A man of God was, was running that place. He put Daniel over ungodly demonic Babylon. Daniel was running the place. He wants to put you in a position where he's able to govern. He wants to, he wants to come in and invade your workplace, your city. He wants to come in and take over and he's gonna do it through you. So Daniel gets applauded against. These guys wanna destroy him. These ungodly guys wanna put him down. Come on up worship team. I told him I'll try to wrap up. They're trying to put him down. They're trying to stop him. But you know what? Daniel had the favor of God on him. They made a law. You can't pray to anybody but the king. Daniel said, I know who got me here, and I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to stay with him. Rather, I'm going to toss my lot with him rather than try to go with somebody. I'm going to stay with him. You keep on keeping on. You press in. You keep persevering. And when the enemy rises up against you, you don't back down. You say, I'm trusting the Lord. You might be, listen, let me, let me bring this where you live for a minute. You might be trusting the Lord and suddenly something happens. Somebody gets attacked with their health or gets attacked in their in their family or their finances, something happens and it seems catastrophic and the temptation is to not trust the Lord, to say, well, maybe, you know, maybe, I, maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe I should back up. No, 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 you redouble your efforts. You keep believing, you keep speaking, you keep standing, you don't waver. When people come against you and say, maybe that's not true. Maybe you need to do this, maybe you need to do that. No, I'm gonna stick with the word of God. And that's what Daniel did, he stuck with the word of God. They, the king came and he made, the, he made that rule. You can't pray to anybody but the king. And so they had to throw Daniel in, in, the, in the lion's den. That's a bad place to be. I wouldn't want to be there. I've seen those things at the zoo. And I'm scared. I, I, always, I got my kids with me. I'm like, no, let's back up from the wall a little bit here. I heard, I heard a story at one of the zoos. I think some kids were taunting one of those big cats. I don't know that it was a lion, but it was something they were taunting it years ago. One of those things jumped over the enclosure and killed him. I'm not messing with you, guy. You stay over, I'll stay on my side, you stay on your side. But Daniel got thrown down in the middle of him and he's down there with those cats. Listen, but the favor of God was on him. 
You couldn't stop the guy. Nobody could stop him. They couldn't kill him because the favor of God was on him. So there he is, sitting in the lion's den. And I bet, bet I can tell you what he was doing all night. You know what I think he was doing? I think he was sleeping. Why wouldn't he? I bet he curled up next to one of those big cats, fluffed his mane or something, and laid on that, be a nice soft bed. I bet he slept soundly all night. Why wouldn't he? Because God was protecting him. The favor of God was on him. It's like Jesus in the storm. What did Jesus do in the storm? He went to sleep. Why? He wasn't afraid. You don't have to be afraid. When you're, the favor of God's on you, listen, say this with me. The favor of God is on me. Do you remember what I read to you in the beginning of the service? We have all received grace upon grace from his fullness. It does not say we will receive grace upon grace. When we get to heaven, we'll get grace upon grace. No, no, no. You don't need grace upon grace when you get to heaven. You need it today. You, you need it in 2020, amen? Because I don't know what's coming tomorrow, but I know, I know that I got the favor of God on me so I can face tomorrow. So here's Daniel. The devil tried to stop him, but there's no power on earth or hell that could stop that guy. There he is in that, in that pit, but he trusted God. He got up in the morning play with the lions a little bit. We got some cats at our house right now, some kittens, and they just, I bet he was just playing with those cats. Like they were kittens. He was probably playing fetch with them, whatever you do with it. I don't know. He's playing with those things, rubbing their bellies. And then here comes the king. He opens the seal. Hey, Daniel, did your God protect you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. God sent his angel and he closed the, the, the mouth of the lions. God protected that man. Listen, you have the favor of God on you protecting you and no, nobody can listen nobody can stop you there's nobody can stop you no devil can stop you no demon in hell can stop you no person can stop you when the favor of God's on you so the king has those people that accused Daniel thrown into the lion's den before they hit the bottom the word of God says those lions jumped on them crushed their bones doesn't even I mean, don't even get them a chance. They didn't even hit the bottom. The lions killed them. Look, when you're serving God, he's able to rescue you. He's mighty to save. He's mighty to deliver. He's mighty to set you free. Whatever, whatever you might be facing today, maybe you're facing something and you say, you know what? You keep talking about the favor of God. You keep talking about abundant life, but I'm, I'm facing this and I'm facing that. No, you get with this program here. You get with this program and God's gonna sets you free. That's what he does. You can't tell me, you can't tell me it won't work for you. No, it works for everybody. He'll set you free. If you've got some kind of problem today, he'll set you free. If you've got some kind of, if you've got some kind of issue in your life, look, he'll make it right. You just got to get with his program. Let me close with this verse, verse 28, Daniel 6. Daniel prospered, say prospered. During the reign of Darius, the reign of Cyrus, these are some of the most ungodly people. And here's Daniel prospering. Daniel lived in a wicked time, in a difficult time, in a, time, a challenging time, but yet he prospered in the middle of it. And listen, here's the word for you today. No matter what you're facing, no matter how bad things might get around you, you get with his word. You get in his word and he's going to take care of you because the favor of God's coming on you today. Amen. Stand up with me. Just bow your heads for a moment. Thank you, Lord. Daniel was faithful. He sowed obedience. He sowed his prayers. He refused to compromise. 
when everything when things weren't going his way he just stayed with the program you got to stay with this program now the favor of God's on you today we have all received Lord I'm just going to declare this right now we have all received grace upon grace from your fullness Lord we take it today we thank you for the favor of God upon each person Lord I thank you for the purpose and the plans that you have for each person here. Let me ask this question before we go any further. If you're here today or you're watching online and Jesus Christ is not the Lord of your life, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, come into my heart and forgive me for my sins and make me a new person. I want your Holy Spirit in my life. I want the favor of God on my life. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. Amen. Because listen, unless you're born again, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Unless you're born again, you can't be walking in the favor of God. All this stuff is for nothing if you're not born again, if you're not living for Jesus. If you've gotten, if you've become compromised, they tried to indoctrinate Daniel. They tried to brainwash Daniel. They tried to get him into the world. If you've become compromised, you can't, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. You can't do what the kingdom of heaven is calling you to do because you're thinking like the world. You're acting like the world. You're talking like the world. If you become compromised, if you're just watching everything they watch and listening to everything they listen to, you're going to get the same results the world gets. You've got to change your thinking. You've got to change what you listen to. You've got to change these things. You've got to stop compromising and get right with God today. But for the rest of you, listen. I want to speak this declaration. I want you to say this with me. Say, I declare the favor of God is on my life. I'm walking in his favor. I have strength. My body is well. I always know what to do because the Holy Spirit's my guide. Nothing and no one can stop me from what God has called me to do. Lift your hands with me. Lord God, I thank you for each person today. Lord, I thank you for the favor of God on them. I thank you, Lord, that they're walking in favor. I thank you, Lord God, that they will not compromise, but they will put you first. They'll seek your face, that they'll, they'll sow their obedience to your word, that they'll stand in faith no matter what's happening. Lord, we just thank you. Bless them in the name of Jesus. Say amen.